and he is done. As we focus on verse 32, when Jesus said, at my father's direction, I have done many things to help the people. For which one of these good deeds are you killing me? For all the good I have done. Even just that pierces my heart. To know that he went all the way. And yet, he was crucified. But you know, church, there's something special about us human beings, and especially us as a people. We seem to have a yearning and a capacity for hurting those that are close to us. Am I right about that? I mean, we know without a shadow of a doubt that our parents and were feeding us and providing for us. We know they were, they were taking care of us. We know that they are providing for us in a way that we cannot provide for ourselves. And, and yet we will do things time and time again. We know that will break their hearts. How many hearts have we broken because we did not recognize nor appreciate what others had done for us? And if we look at the life of Jesus... We will find that he was and is the good shepherd. But he came down not only as a good shepherd, but also as a master chef who specializes in feeding his flock everything they need. And as much as mama loves you, there are some things that she just can't or couldn't do for you. Am I right? As much as daddy would like to heal all your troubles, there are some things that, that are and were beyond his control. But my Bible tells me that this morning that there is nothing too great that Jesus cannot fix. For I heard that he made the blind to see. I heard that he made the lame to walk. I heard that he made the paralytic, paralytics and even cast out evil spirits. And even right now in this place, if you turn your affliction over to the Lord, and have the faith the size of a mustard seed. Jesus will remove all your afflictions. He will heal you. Jesus will deliver you. Can I get a witness in the place this morning? So, see, I remember there was a time, a, a deacon Mormon, in the Bible, Bible days after Jesus had finished preaching and teaching the word of God, it had gotten to a point where it was time to send the people home. And although Jesus and his disciples didn't have any money, he did not want to send the people away hungry. So the story goes, his disciple found a little boy with two small fish and five barley loaves. But after he blessed the food, the Bible tells us that he fed 5,000 men, not even including the women and the children. And not only did he feed them, but after he fed them, they were full with leftovers to spare. God is a good God, church. Won't he do it? Won't God do it? Whatever it is you need, he will provide all your needs. And so this morning, we find ourselves in this text that Jesus came at the direction of God and he did many things to help the brothers and sisters. And I believe, saints, that if we would just follow God's directions in our life, he would make it a whole lot easier for us to help somebody else. Let's listen in on the conversation. 
Jesus having with the church folk. They were celebrating Hanukkah there in Jerusalem. It was winter. Jesus was strolling in the temple across Solomon's porch, minding his own business. But then we know folk are his business. Amen. The Jews, the, 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 the Jews, the, 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 the church leaders circled around him and said, how long are you going to keep us guessing? If you are the Messiah, tell us straight out. Who are you really? Now listen to Jesus as he speaks to the crowd gathered around him. Let me set this before you plainly, he said. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen, instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. The shepherd walks up to the gate. The sheep, the gatekeeper, opens the gate to him. And the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he gets them all out, he leads them and they follow because they know they're familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. But then Jesus said, I'm going to make it simple. Because, see, they didn't know what he was talking about. So he tried it again. He said, let me break it down for you. I am the gate for the sheep. And all those others are up to no good. Sheep rustlers, every one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for. And will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy but I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. So therefore, as he was speaking to them, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd puts his sheep before himself. He sacrificed himself if necessary. A hired man is not a real shepherd. The sheep means nothing to him. He sees a wolf coming and he runs for it, leaving the sheep to be ravaged and scattered by the wolf. He's only in it for the money. The sheep don't matter to him. But Jesus went on to say it again, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and my own sheep know me. In the same way the Father knows me, I know the Father. I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. You need to know that I have other sheep in addition to what you see in this pen. I need to gather and bring them too. They'll also recognize my voice. And then it'll be one flock and one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me. Because I freely lay down my life. And so I freely take it up again. No one takes it from me. I also have the right to take it up again. I receive this authority personally from my Father. Somebody say, go ahead, Jesus. Go ahead, Jesus. So the Bible says this kind of uh, talk caused another split in the Jewish ranks. A lot of them were saying... He's crazy. He's a maniac. Out of his head completely. Why bother listening to him? But others weren't so sure. Not so fast, brethren, they were saying. These are the words of a crazy man. Can a maniac open blind eyes? Now listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, I told you, but you don't believe. Everything I've done has been authorized by my father. Actions that speak louder than words. You don't believe because you are not my sheep. See, my sheep recognize her voice, and I know them, 
and they follow me. I give them real eternal life. They're protected from the destroyer. The father who put them under my care is much greater than the destroyer and the thief. So again, the Jews, what did they do? Picked up stones and decided they're going to kill him. Come on, somebody. All for the good that he had done. But look at what Jesus says again to us. Despite all that I have done to help you, despite of all the sickness that I've healed you all, despite of all the canes and the crutches and the wheelchairs that you've been able to leave behind, why is it that you're trying to do evil to me while I'm trying to do nothing but good for you? Why are you trying to tear me down when I'm steady trying to build you up? Why are you scandalizing my good name? when I've done nothing but protect your reputation. In other words, for what good I've done, are you killing me? Why are you trying to kill me? Brothers and sisters, a lot of us are still killing Jesus this morning. We are still driving nails through his hand and his feet. Don't get quiet on me. We are still piercing his side with a sword. We are still crucifying him over and over again. Every time we do wrong, we are crucifying Jesus Christ. Every time we disobey his commandments, we are showing that we don't love him. Because his word says that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So don't we know by now that he is a provider? Haven't we realized yet that he is a way maker? That he is our burden barrier? That he is the one who supplies us with life and removes old death out of the way? then why do we still bite the hand that is feeding us? Can I say that again? I, I mean, we know what we have to do for salvation. We know that we have to do what we have to do to get into the kingdom of heaven. And we can still sing all the songs and pray all the prayers about going home one day. But the plain truth is that many of us have not turned from our wicked ways. We've gone from club hopping to church hopping and we're biting the hand that's feeding us what you saying pastor it's all because we keep giving into temptation the devil knows what we like so he keeps on coming back to us and waving it in front of our face and we keep on giving in but we are Christians we're in God's army we are part of his fellowship if we fall we keep getting back up but why do we keep on falling I'm glad you asked well, my brothers and sisters, the only truth that I can come up with is that it feels good. <laughs> Our temptation is something that makes us feel good. It's just like other things in our lives. And then let me tell you, I, I know I should not be eating all the chocolate cakes and coconut pies and pound cakes that, that folk make here at New Providence, but I love sweets. I'm going to be real with you. And I'll be upset. Is somebody going to tell me I can't have it? So a lot of us are just like that with sin. If it feels too good for us, it tastes good to us, it smells so good to us, it looks good to us, and it even sounds good to us, sin can mess with our senses and at the same time leave us all messed up. Come on, somebody. Sin will make you do things you don't want to do. It'll make you go places you never thought you would go. It'll make you say things you thought you would never say. Have I got a witness in there? Amen. And so in the process, we are biting the hand that feeds us. The devil is not feeding us. He just makes his stuff look good. What you should understand is that, that there's an evil in this world. 
And in spite of the evil has gone out, the spirit of injustice began to reign. The prince of pressure is holding up stuff and tied up our stuff and messed up our stuff. And when it comes to the saints, we are just pilgrims passing through. Everything that God says is ours, the devil has already sent out a spirit to keep us from getting it. You better know where your help comes from. Oh, shall I look into the hills from which come my help? All of my help, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And I want you to know this morning that my God is not like everybody else's God. What are you saying, Mary Hickey? That's not a linear thing. Where God is here, death, Allah, Allah, and, and, and Buddha, and confusion. He's not a dash. He's God all by himself. There is only one true and living God. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we honor him and we praise him and we recognize him and we bow down to him and we lift him up. Can I get some help in here this morning? Can we raise a praise in here and say thank you, God, that for the good you've done? Yes, sir. Come on, somebody. Thank you, God, for the good that you have done. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In other words, despite all of our faults, God still loves us. Despite all of my mistakes and your mistakes, God still cared about us. Despite of all of our poor choices, God still would not condemn us to death, but give us eternal life. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, the lily of the valley, the bright and the morning star, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And yet over 2,000 years ago, Christ laid down his life for us. Mankind still has made choices time and time again that are directly opposite to the mission that God has given us to do. And let's be real. We as a people are continually doing things that are not pleasing God. We speak of being more like Christ and walking in his footsteps, but our actions speak a different tune. See, my mama used to tell me that actions speak louder than words. And I believe that our actions as created sons and daughters of God is speaking a message of destruction to the God who made us. I, I, I love when Rachel Maddow used to say, uh, 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 don't listen to what they say. Just see, just watch what they do. I got it right. Listen to what they don't say and what they say. Just watch what they do. Brothers and sisters, we are disobedient to God that provides for our every need. We are out of line with his laws and his edicts for our lives. We treat folk in a manner that is not acceptable in God's eyes. I know, I know, I know. We don't love our neighbors or our enemies because we don't love ourselves. And the sad thing about that is that if you can't love what is supposed to be the image of God, how can you possibly say that you love God? Can I get some help? We condemn them without thinking about our own misgivings and our own personal shortcomings. We condemn them without thinking about all the lies that we ourselves have told. We condemn them without taking into account all the skeletons and the bones that are in our own closet. 
safely hidden from the world. We are too quick to judge, but slow to forgive. So on today, my brothers and sisters, I think about the Jews who told Jesus, you are just a mere man, have declared yourself to be God. I pose to you this question. What if God was like us? What if he really was a slave to sin like us? This thought known to me is frightening. To think that the God in terms of being just like one of our guys, just like us. First of all, I've learned that folk are very vindictive. If you do something to most folk, they generally want revenge, but not of a God. And as the old cliche say, revenge is a dish best served cold. And we call it premeditation. But can you imagine God who is vindictive? Can you imagine a God like that? If he were just like one of us, every time you did something and he didn't approve of it, he would pour out his wrath and his revenge upon us. Can you imagine? See, many of us would no longer be alive. And we'd already be burning in hell's fire. Come on, somebody. But I thank God that he's not like one of us. Can you imagine what the world would be like if God had abandoned Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? What reason would we have to have faith and trust in God? What if Moses and the children of Israel were left out of their own when the Egyptian army was burned down on them? What if David had failed against the giant Goliath? What if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had burned in the fiery furnace? What if Daniel had been eaten alive by the lions? What if the woman who had the issue of blood had gone to Jesus and still bled to death? What if Jonah had been eaten by the sharks when he was thrown overboard? What if Paul had died when he was bitten by a snake? What if Job had cursed God and died? But brothers and sisters, we would have nothing to base our faith on God. Who, and we would think that he was untrustworthy. But say, I'm sad to say, but if God was one of us, we could not put our total trust in him. Again, for all the good he's done, I thank God he's not one of us. Thank God today that he's not like one of us. The Bible says that God is not a man. He's not flesh and blood. He is not created out of dirt. He's not a God who will lie. That means he cannot be subjected to worldly things. He cannot be convinced to do things that are not holy. I'm so glad that God is not like one of us. Thank God he's not a respected person, Pastor Wood. Thank God that the Bible is no longer a sexist Bible. Thank God that his gospel is no longer black or white. Thank God that salvation is not a denomination nor a culture. Thank God that when we say we are saved, we can only look to one Savior. When we say we are healed, we can only applaud one healer. When we say we are delivered, we can only thank one emancipator. And that's why when we stand and give God reverence, we can only worship one Lord, one faith. One God, one Father, who is above all and in us all. Can I get a witness? Can we raise a praise in the house? So my brothers and sisters, as I conclude today, uh, for all the good God has done, you ought to count it all joy. Whatever you're going through, count it all joy. Because God is not a liar. If he said he will heal you, he will heal you. If he said he'll deliver you, he will deliver you. If he said, I got all power in my hand, he got all power in his hand. I'm so glad, church, that God is not like one of us. I'm so glad he's still going through the land doing good. He's still driving down your street and my street, backing up at our doors. Can y'all hear me now? Handing out love that will not break your heart, giving you strength when the weight of the world is too much for you. And even when you're down and out, Walking alone on your last leg, you got to know that weeping will endure for a night. But joy, 
will come in the morning. I know it's coming. Well, how do you know it's coming, preacher? Because one day, early one Friday morning, they put my Savior on Calvary's cross. They left him there until he died. But it was early, early, early on a Sunday morning that Jesus got up out of the grave with all power in his hand. And because he got up, I can say, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this is my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. None of the fount I know is nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus for all the good that he has done. Let us stand to our feet. For all the good that he has done. For all the good that he has done. We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's Word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.newprovidencebaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.